whenever someone would ask me what I did, I would physically cringe. I'd be like, oh, I have to explain somehow this thing that doesn't quite make sense. Welcome back to our bite-sized 40-minute mentor startup spotlight series. Over the years, we've seen more and more demand for generalist skills in the startup and scale-up world. But what does it actually mean to be a generalist? What can a generalist career path look like? And where do they go and hang out with fellow generalists? Well, today we're joined by the brilliant Millie Tarmati, founder, generalist and community builder. Millie's built businesses all over the world, including co-owning a hostel in Thailand, a wine tour in Australia, and an illustration agency in the UK. Her latest venture is Generalist World, the global community and resource hub for career generalists. So the perfect person to pick their brain on all things generalist. Millie, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dig into all of this generalist stuff. Well, me too. I spend a lot of my time talking to various generalists across the startup world. So I'm really excited to really dig into your experience. But before we get to the generalist world, can you share a bit more about your career prior to building this community? And yeah, tell us a bit more about what ultimately led you to start it. Absolutely. My like academic background was in teaching. That's what I studied back in New Zealand where I'm from. So after I basically handed in my final assignment and booked a one-way flight to Berlin and that started this entire like moving, traveling, keeping, basically surviving overseas. Um, It's been about 12 years that I've been on the road. And I basically took all the skills that I learned from my teaching degree and applied them to travel because that's what I really wanted to do and wanted to get paid for. And so I became a tour guide and I was guiding for about six years. I took thousands of people on tours across 15 plus different countries. And then the kind of big first pivot came when I went from leading the tours to creating the tours and to building them. And that's where I got my first taste of creating something from zero and having people come and experience it or use it. And it's basically just like the nugget of entrepreneurship. And since then, I've been completely obsessed with building things that people love. As you mentioned in the intro, there's been a bunch of things from wine tours to an illustration studio. My previous role was the director of miscellaneous. That's a actual contracted title, which probably hints at the kind of experience I've had, which is coming and solving problems rather than being like really hyper-focused on a specific niche. And so it was really from this director of miscellaneous role that I got the idea for Generalist World when I realized I don't know anyone else who has this title. I can absolutely see the value in having someone in the business that has this title. So I'm going to create something that kind of brings that all together. Very cool. And as the son of two teachers and the husband of a former teacher, I love your teaching uh, background. It sounds like that has helped you in your subsequent generalist career. Really interesting stuff. Thank you for sharing. I guess for any of our listeners that don't know what a generalist is, why don't we start with the basics? So how do you define being a generalist? What are some of the common traits you see? And how have you experienced the rise of the generalist over the last few years? Yeah, so this is the question that I've been thinking about for the past 14 months since starting Generalist World. 
I think when I first came across the word generalist, I describe it as being like a thousand light bulbs going off in my head, like, wow, this might finally be a word to describe me. I think the traditional definition has been a jack of all trades, which often comes with a negative connotation almost. It's like, ah, just a jack of all trades, you know, master of none. But what my job really is, is to redefine what it means to be a generalist and to be, especially to be a generalist in today's fast-changing, unpredictable, uncertain world. And so we define a generalist as an expert in learning, in problem-solving, and in big-picture thinking. And I think the kind of key part of it is someone who can effectively take their strengths and apply them across different domains and different roles. So they might go from being an engineer to an artist, or from researching and writing policy to studying science or there could be this like real breadth of expertise and I think that the big key part is my thing that I'm really batting for is like that that's actually a real strength that's that there's actually huge value in that to be able to see things from all of these different perspectives completely agree and we've certainly seen a, a big increase in demand from our clients looking for kind of generalist and generalist skills in their organizations how would you say employers can benefit from generalists and how can they also get the most out of the generalists that already exist within their business? I think there's this, this age old kind of debate of like generalist versus specialist, which is better. And I got to one point where I was like, if I hear that one more time, I think I'm going to scream because my take is that not one isn't better. It doesn't have to be an either or it's how do we have both working together in unison in your business, that is where innovation happens. And that is where problems get solved. Um, I really like to think of it as like diversity of thought. Generalists, I mean, I know this anecdotally from spending the last year, are wired a bit differently. They see things a bit differently. They join dots a bit differently. And if you have everyone on your team thinking the exact same way, it's like that definition of insanity, right? If you do the same thing over and over, nothing will change. It's this kind of the same thing. If you don't have that diversity of thought on your team, how can you expect there to be innovation or new breakthroughs or things to move faster? So I would say to employers, having multiple generalists on your team, we are there to join the dots. There's a wonderful woman in our community called Lucy who describes her role as being the thread that ties it all together. And this is kind of where I come back to like, you need specialists, you need people who are have this deep, deep expertise and passion about a certain very specific thing. But then you also need people who can see the big picture, who can zoom out. I read this wonderful analogy about uh, birds and frogs. And it's basically saying that in the ecosystem, you need birds and you need frogs. And essentially, a frog spends their entire life being really, really close to something. They might spend their entire life in a pond or on a lily pad. And like they know that thing better than anyone else. And then the bird can like see the whole horizon, they can get a full picture. And a bird isn't better than a frog, and a frog isn't better than a bird. But together, this is how ecosystems work. And so I think. Many of our organizations are kind of like an old school structure where it's extremely rigid and there's a certain like process, like you hire X, then you hire Y, then you hire Z. And I think what's kind of missing is this generalist talent where you can 
put them into different teams and they can bring everything together. Love that. Thank you very much, Millie. I guess on the flip side, what are some of the hurdles you see generalists commonly having to overcome? And what would you say are some of the misunderstandings when it comes to generalist talent? Oh gosh, this could be a long one because this is exactly why I started the community because I spent my whole career, whenever someone would ask me what I did, I would physically cringe. I'd be like, oh, I have to explain somehow this thing that doesn't quite make sense. I didn't have language for it. I didn't feel confident in being able to explain what I did, whether that was building my own business or being an early team member building someone else's. And so I think it kind of comes down to a few things. The, the first is that there's a huge misunderstanding about generalist skills, and that comes back to the jack-of-all-trades narrative, which is quite negative. And I think that just comes from a lack of understanding and being misunderstood. And when you're misunderstood, you often then become overlooked. So we see it time and time again that generalists are trying to fit their CV and fit their resume to look like a specialist. And then they're like, this doesn't make any sense. Where what I'm pushing for is positioning yourself for your uniqueness instead of trying to fit in a box that looks like everyone else's. That's really interesting and great advice. And I'm sure there are going to be people listening to this that are nodding along going, ah, actually, I am a generalist. So for anyone in that position, what advice do you have for them in crafting a generalist story, I guess, particularly when it comes to interviews and stuff? And and how should they position themselves when they have perhaps a more varied or squiggly career? Again, something we've been working a lot on in generalist world so for this, I would like to shout out two people from the community, Reese Quinn and CEO Bender. They came up with this framework and they delivered it as a community workshop. And it basically asked three questions, your initial path, your pivot, and your strengths. And if you can succinctly, because I think that the challenge with a generalist story is people are often like, like where I've done all these different things. I don't know how to tie them all together. And so at the beginning of this podcast, I started with my initial path, which was teaching and then into travel. My big pivot came when I went from leading the tours to building the tours. And then my strengths is really my ability to connect. And that could be connecting like ideas, which then turn into opportunities. For example, generalist world. It could be connecting people with me. So my ability to network and build relationships. And then the community building side of things is my connecting again, people with each other, because that's really what community is. So if you can focus, if you can really get clear on those three sentences, your initial paths, your pivots, and your strengths, that is a great start. It's a great grounding point, a great foundation to be able to succinctly, I think that's a key word, explain like what you bring to the table. And in terms of positioning, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're a generalist, is to lean into what makes you different. Because like, let's be honest, the market right now is wild. And if you're trying, it's almost like wearing a bit of a mask. If you're trying to get this new role, to land this new job, and you're doing it by trying to squeeze into a, a shape or a box that just doesn't fit you, then it's probably not going to come across where if you can be like, I've done all of these different things and this is why that's a superpower. If you, it's really half of it is honestly leading with confidence. 
being like, it's actually, I have this unique career and that's why you need me on your team because I am different. So I would say the key is being able to know what is your differentiator, what is your your uniqueness, the unique kind of things that make you you and lead with that and lead with that with confidence. Fantastic advice. Couldn't agree more around, you know, your unique superpowers, but also I love the framing or the framework that your communities come up with. I think that's a really, really good way of looking at it. And I think just to add to your point or just to agree with your point about the importance of being succinct, I think this is a, a common area that people fall down in on when interviewing or when trying to sell a proposition it's they get often overexcited with what they're trying to talk about but actually simplicity of message is often much better than being too verbose so i think that's just really good advice in general we've alluded to the generalist world and some of the things you're doing but can you tell us a bit more about who the community is for and what listeners can expect from getting involved with it Absolutely. So the community really came about because, as I said, I didn't know anyone else like me. And there is like kind of a deep loneliness that comes with that. And also a you're constantly questioning, like, is this a me problem? Am I doing something weird or wrong? Or like, why don't I fit in like everyone else? And the whole thing was accidental, if I'm totally honest. It started with a few one-to-one conversations. And it was like, you know, that Spider-Man meme where like they're like we're the same that's what it felt like and when I started to have these conversations I would see people's eyes light up and be like oh my gosh I thought I was the only one like this I've never been able to talk about this I've never been able to figure out how to say my story and that was the beginnings of the community I guess kind of what makes us different is there's a lot of spaces online social media forums where you can be little fish in a really big pond where you're kind of just like another number, another name. No one really knows who you are. But what I'm really, really hyped about is like the depth of connections, because I believe that through deeper connections, that's when we can really swap notes. And that's when we can be really honest and be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I can't do this. Can please someone help me? And the community has been very much designed to facilitate that kind of depth of conversation. And it's really for folks who identify with this. And the wonderful thing about generalists is you're either on board or you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's kind of like a hot or cold thing. So folks usually resonate pretty deeply when they hear this. They're like, wow, this like completely sounds like me, but they might be a bit stuck in their career. They might have hit a ceiling. They might not exactly know where to go next. And general as well is a place that you come when you need support. I have countless stories of just like people going above and beyond for the community. And so it's really for folks who want to progress in their career, who they're ambitious, but they might not really know where to go next. They might not feel like they fit in. And if they've been listening to this and nodding along, then they there's a high chance that they're a generalist. And that's kind of who we serve. Perfect. And tell us a bit more about how the community has evolved over the last 12 months. And I guess for you personally, what have been some of the, the biggest learnings from building this community? It's evolved a lot, considering that I actually didn't know what it was going to be when I launched it. It's been very much a case of, doing like little experiments, getting feedback and 
pivoting and reinventing and inching closer and closer to what people want. I actually asked the other day in the community, we're like co-creating kind of like our values. And I asked, how would you describe the flavor of this space? Like, what is the undertone? And there were some incredible things that kind of came out that a year ago, I probably couldn't have quite picked. One of them was about the honesty and the vulnerability and the depth. There was lots about like perspective and being curious. We have just the most incredible diversity of people in there. Everyone from like, I did a post the other day, we have, you know, strategists, we have people on ops, we have chief of staff, we have a diplomat that joined the other day, we have archaeologists, and the other day we had a Teletubby. Like, he was a Teletubby. If that kind of doesn't sum up, like, the range of people inside. And I think what I get really excited about is it's one of the only spaces I've ever found where you can just come as you are. You can come as a Teletubby or the diplomat or the strategist, and you can ask these open and questions that you're like, I don't really want to ask this anywhere else, but this is a space that is built on trust. And you will get answers like high quality answers from high caliber people almost instantly. Usually I can't, like me as the community builder, I can't even reply fast enough because people are like, I've done that before. I know someone who can do that. I've also noticed recently people have started posting on behalf of their friends. Like it's just becoming like the single source of truth for where people go to ask questions, to find support. And the beauty of having this like really wide range of skills and experience is that someone's done it before. Someone knows someone who's done it before. It's like camaraderie. That was actually one of the words that came up. It's like camaraderie, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's kind of how it feels. Amazing. Sounds like it's been a, an amazing evolution and plenty of learnings. What's in store then for the next 12 months for the community? When I look back, the previous 12 months have all been about community and content. So when I first started this, like there was just absolutely pretty frankly rubbish, like articles and content for people to learn from. So a big thing that I've been doing is hiring writers and researchers from within the community to then recreate content that we desperately need. So that's been a big part of like profits going straight back in and hiring people to create and research that content. What's kind of cool and unexpected path that's unfolded has been in the education sector. So I've been doing a bunch of talks, including at universities, basically speaking to this upcoming generation of they're about to go and embark on their career journey. And it's pretty likely they've only, like myself, probably you, probably the listeners as well, they only heard one possibility of what that path looks like. And it's very linear. It looks like a ladder. It goes straight up. And if I heard this kind of concept when I was 17, who knows? Like thing, my career may have been like a heck of a lot easier. And so one of the opportunities that has come up is to partner with universities. And we've just signed off our partnership with the London School of Economics, where we are going to be creating a school's curriculum for year 12 students to begin with. And it's all about generalist skills and how you can apply these generalist skills to your career. And of course, like not everyone is a generalist, but I do believe that the skill sets, this like big picture thinking, how to be a good problem solver, how to pivot, how to learn, these are skills that 
everyone can benefit from. And so the next 12 months is very much going to be doing this whole new educational path, which I really just did not foresee at the beginning, but I'm really, really excited to figure it out. Oh, that sounds super exciting. Well, we're going to watch on eagerly with all the things you've got in store. And it sounds like that course is going to be a fantastic one, uh, something a younger me would have really enjoyed. So I'm sure it'll uh, inspire lots of others. Final question, Millie, and it's thank you again for joining us and sharing you know, all that you've been building, is actually around community because community is a hugely hot topic, particularly how to build authentic ones. So what advice do you have for anyone that's building a community at the moment? Perhaps something that you would have loved to have known before starting The Generalist World. That'd be a great place to end things. I would say that you're right, community the word community has become a huge buzzword and there is so many arguments about, you know, what is a community? What is an audience? I see a community as something where members get value from each other. That's kind of in the simplest term. So when you're building an audience, really it's like you to them. But when you're building a community, it's when the more people kind of that come in and that are the right fit community members, the more value that is kind of created within the space. I think when I first started, there was a an urge to grow really big, really big, really fast, because that I've been only building businesses. And that's kind of like the metric of success, like growth, 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 your numbers are going up. I figured that would be the same with community, but I realized we very, very quickly grew to over a thousand people and we had a thousand more on the wait list. The demand for this was like really, really huge. And I realized that big doesn't necessarily mean better when it comes to community. And I made a decision early on that I actually wasn't going to grow as big and as fast as I possibly could. I'm again, coming back to that depth of connection that was the number one measure of success for me is this depth. How much do people feel seen and understood? Are they, you know, now we have people like building businesses together that met each other in generalist world. We have people who are hiring each other. It's the first port of, port of call when someone comes to is hiring, they will come to the community and say, I'm looking for this kind of generalist. And that doesn't really happen when you grow really fast. I think that's kind of like a vanity metric when it comes to community so I would say like my big takeaway is less but better. That's actually a quote from this book, Essentialism. And it's been my guiding principle where it's not about growth at all costs. It's about actual community. And if you're building an audience that's thinly veiled as community, people see straight through it. And I see that a lot where these kind of like ghost towns of like Slack, Circle, Discord community with lots and lots and lots of members and absolutely no real interactions. So I've kind of gone try and do the complete opposite of that. And it's a community experience like our testimonials kind of speak for themselves. I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, as you should be. I've seen a lot of people jump on the community bandwagon and I think people see through it and often it doesn't really go anywhere. Whereas I think if you are building a really authentic community that really adds value, 
then uh, you know I think the best communities exist without the people that create them and they just organically grow and evolve and you're definitely creating that so congrats on what you've achieved so far thank you so much for sharing more about the great work you're doing for generalists around the world and we wish you all the very best for the very exciting things you have in store for the rest of the year and beyond uh, thank you for joining us thank you cheers Millie Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you're enjoying this series of 40 Minute Mentors so far, then please do consider subscribing and leaving us a review on ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm. It really does help us spread the word and help make business mentorship even more accessible. That's all again from us today, but please make sure you tune in again next week for more pocket-sized mentorship. Thank you.